Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Make Money Behave. I'm your hostess, Maria Casillas, and I am going to jump into today's topic of uh, how to build a credit score following a bankruptcy. This is really kind of a part B from the last episode, which was just about credit scores in general. I'm hoping that this one is a lot shorter than the one yesterday, as we're going to just go over a few tips on how to bounce back. But before I do that, I just want to remind you to go ahead and subscribe to the show sometime today and leave a rating when you are there, a rating and a review if you have a minute. I know a lot of people are working from home right now, and so you might actually have more access to your computer rather than just on your phone. And I know sometimes leaving a rating on your phone can be a real pain in the butt, but I appreciate those of you who have done that. And uh, again, I ask if you are home and you are have access to your computer, this would be a great time to leave that rating and review. Okay, let's jump into today's topic, building a credit score following a bankruptcy. Now, there are there's a lot of taboo around this and I'm I do work with a lot of people to help them not file bankruptcy if they don't have to do that. It's not a fun process to go through. So I've heard, I have not myself filed bankruptcy, but I've heard that it is just really it kind of drags you through through the mud emotionally, physically, you know, mentally. And so I tried to avoid that when we were in our giant mess and we owed 90 some thousand dollars and we were making $60,000 a year and everything just seemed absolutely hopeless. I I knew that that was one of the options that we had. And you know what? It might have been easier to go and do that. I don't really know. Uh, but I knew what I did know was this. And this is what I tell people all the time. I knew that if we had just filed bankruptcy at that time, we never would have changed our actual behaviors that got us into the mess in the first place. And I knew from my my training in behavior modification that if we did not change our behaviors and we got ourselves back in that in that spot, then it wouldn't have mattered like whether we declared bankruptcy or not, we would have been back in that same spot and maybe have to declare a second, third, fourth time. Who knows? I don't even know what the limit is on how many times you can declare, but Um, I said, if we have to, if we get to that point where we have to, then okay, there's no shame in that. We will figure it out from there. But before we do that, let's try to modify our behavior. And that's what we did. And ultimately, we were able to avoid the bankruptcy altogether. So I'm really happy about that. But I know that there are many, many people out there who have declared bankruptcy. And one of the questions they have is, how on earth do I get this credit score to build back up? Because like I said in the last episode, having a bad credit score is different than having zero credit score, right? So we want to make sure that if you have a really low credit score, threes, four hundreds, even some in the five hundreds, what are some of the things that you can do to kind of build yourself back up? Now, if you are listening to this and you do have not declared bankruptcy, I wouldn't say hit stop yet because I honestly think that some of this stuff will work to help build up your credit score, even if you have not declared bankruptcy. So hang in there, listen to what we're talking about, and um, and we'll kind of go from there. So one of the things is that you want to make sure that your credit report accurately reflects your bankruptcy. Now, what this means is that there are some out there, some people out there who think, boy, I really hope that my my bankruptcy isn't even on my credit report. Like that would be way better. And that's not necessarily true because it's better than having outstanding and delinquent balances on there. So if you have a whole bunch of outstanding and delinquent balances that are getting thrown into your bankruptcy, you want that to show on your credit report 
as a zero balance for any accounts that have been discharged through that bankruptcy. Showing a zero balance on there will actually reflect better than having all of the outstanding and delinquent balances that have been, um, you know, kind of quote, taken care of, if you will, in that bankruptcy. So I want to make sure that you do that. And if there, if one of the credit reporting agencies does not have that written correctly on there, you want to make sure that you correct that for them. As I mentioned in the last episode, typically you can get your credit report for free once a year, but because of the pandemic we're in right now, they have loosened that until April of 21 of 2021 and you're able to get that every single week. So we do encourage you to pull that as often as you need to and make sure that they are accurately reporting your bankruptcy. Um, Also, your bankruptcy will fall off after seven years. So if you declared several years ago and you're kind of getting close to that spot, make sure that you're checking the accuracy of that as well to be sure that that comes out. Um, Okay, the second tip for you, and again, this is something that could probably help anybody, but it's to keep paying your non-bankruptcy bankruptcy accounts on time. Now, if you are not in bankruptcy, then obviously you want to just keep paying all of your accounts on time because as we discussed in the last episode, that is the number one factor for both scores. And so you want to keep paying those things on time. Now, if you are in bankruptcy, obviously there are some things you don't have to pay because they're being discharged through your bankruptcy. But if you have things that are not as part of that bankruptcy, such as student loans. That tends to be one that is very often not, in fact, not just very often, I'm pretty sure you are not legally allowed to roll student loans into a bankruptcy. So those bills are going to still be there lingering and they're still going to be reporting whether or not you're paying those on time. Also, as a little side note here, if there's something, if there's a bill that you owe and it's not in your bankruptcy, but you're also not seeing it on your credit report, make sure that you are paying those on time as well. Don't ignore those accounts that aren't on your credit report because what you're ultimately trying to show any new creditors is that your past is in your past, right? It's behind you and there's a new you that has emerged and now you pay everything on time. So if in the event, one of those things that's not currently on your report If you stop paying that, guess what? Those creditors can certainly write those to the bureaus and let them know. And now that becomes another negative thing on your report. And it looks like you're just back into the same old patterns as you were before. And that does not reflect well. So again, keep paying your non-bankruptcy accounts on time, even if they're not already listed on your credit report. Number three, avoid credit repair companies. You don't need them. It costs money for basically anything for nothing, (laughs) because you could do anything that they're doing on your own. Many credit repair companies say that they can actually remove a bankruptcy from your credit report. But listen, guys, if your bankruptcy report is accurate, there is nothing that those companies can legally do for you that you can't do on your own. So they can take your money, they can file a dispute, right? But it won't get anywhere because if the bankruptcy is legit, it's legit. What they can do is kind of like help find things that are inaccurate on your report and dispute those. But as I talked about in the last episode, so can you. And it's actually gotten a lot easier to do that these days. So please, please, please do not spend your money on the credit repair companies that are telling you that they can, especially the ones who are telling you they can erase the bankruptcy. It will fall off after seven to 10 years naturally. So you've got that in your favor. And I would just say focus on your future rather than living in that past. Okay, so save your money and and pay off some debts or make sure that you can make your payments on time instead. Um, Another trick to do is to get new credit. 
And that can seem a little bit difficult at first. Um, And as I mentioned last time, if you are behaviorally not set to manage your money, please don't get new credit yet. Um, We will really... I don't want to put the cart before the horse. And if you are focused more on your credit score than you are on your overall financial ability, not financial ability, your behavioral ability to change your financial habits, then then you're putting your focus in the wrong place, right? Because it doesn't matter how high you get your credit score if you're not if you're not able to manage your money well, then what's going to happen is you're just going to end up falling right back to where you were. You could still have an 800 credit score but have zero money set aside for emergencies. And then all of a sudden, you know, life comes at you and you end up using all of your credit. You end up, you know, racking up all that debt and you have no way to pay it back. Now you're going to end up right back where you were. So the credit score in and of itself is not a a sole indicator of your current financial situation. So I just want to make sure that you don't get stuck thinking that. Don't try to build that score up and not focus on the actual overall health of your financial plan. Now, having said that, when we're talking about getting new credit, if you have um, a bankruptcy on your your file, if you, (laughs) on your record, that's the word I'm looking for. If you have a bankruptcy on your record, then you might not get as many offers for credit cards. Um, But I guess just doing some research, I found out that there are some places like retail and gas cards that have lower qualification standards. So you might be able to go to Kohl's or to Lowe's or somewhere like that, some little retail store that would give you a card and then, you know, allow you to use it. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> you <laughs> you can only use a Kohl's card at Kohl's. You can only lo- use a Lowe's card at Lowe's. And so unless you are actually going to be going to that place naturally, I don't want you to just say, "Oh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to to Kohl's, for example, and I'm gonna spend four hundred dollars a month. I'm gonna pay that off so that I can establish my credit." You don't need four hundred dollars worth of stuff from Kohl's every month, so that's probably that. That's what I want you to think through when you're going through some of this. Now, gas that might be another story. You need gas every single month. Let's just assume that you need that. So if you can get a gas card that only allows you to use maybe the card for gas, and then you have set aside in your cash flow plan a certain amount of money that would work well for gas. Let's say that it is you know $200 a month that you're putting aside for gas. Then you know that you only use that card when you go and get gas. You pay that card off right away because you've got the money sitting there anyway. Let's say that you have $100 every two weeks put aside for gas. You can rack the that card up, you know, put the $100 of gas or whatever on the card. And then when you get paid, put pay $100 right there, right then and there on that card. Even if you don't have to pay that card yet, even if the card is not due, because, <clears throat> excuse me, because you can actually pay that card off quickly and that's going to help your score build a lot faster. So if you uh, then your second week comes and you've put more on there, you can then pay when that card is due, pay the extra $100 and kind of go from there. Do you see why it's not like not everything is the same? So yes, the gas cards and the Kohl's card might treat you the same. By the way, you're going to get stuck with probably like 25 to 35% interest on some of these things. Do not put more on there than you are able to pay off. Because the last thing you need to be doing is paying 30% interest for stupid, you know, a shirt at Kohl's. That is not, that's not smart. Also, you don't want to be paying dumb late fees. 
for any of this stuff. So if you do open a card at Kohl's and or a gas card, go ahead and set up to have that payment automatically taken out of your checking account at the due date so that you don't have to pay any late fees and you don't have to pay any interest. You can always make additional payments before that payment is due, but at least that sets you up for uh, making sure that you have all those payments on time, which again is one of the top, top priorities for the FICO and the Vantage score that we talked about in the last episode. So you see how this is all kind of coming together. Um, you you know, behaviorally, you want to make sure that you are only doing the things that make sense. Don't go spend $400 at Kohl's just to create credit. Okay. Um, number five is to avoid job hopping. Frequent job changes won't actually affect your credit score, but it's been known that lenders will look at more than just your credit report when they're deciding whether or not to give you a loan, especially after bankruptcy. So if you have four jobs in the last year, they're going to look and think that maybe you're not that steady, and so maybe you can't keep um, you know, a certain income coming in each month. Uh, so they're, they're going to be a lot less likely to just hand over credit to you willy-nilly. So just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, you know, Slow and steady wins the race. Make sure that you are avoiding that job hopping. Um, number seven is to make your new credit card payments on time. That I'm not going to spend too much time with because I've been harping on that anyway. <laughs> Just anything that's new, you know, make them on time. And I already mentioned the um, automatic payment. I think that that just helps because I don't know about you guys, but I have so much going on in my life that sometimes paying a certain bill is the farthest thing from my mind. And if I have that on auto pay, then I know that it is taken care of. The quick caveat that I need to throw in there is you need to make sure that you have money in the account that you're using for auto pay. So if you are operating on, you know, pennies every single month, then this approach probably isn't the best for you. You want to make sure that you can keep a pretty decent cushion inside that checking account so that when your bills get paid from there, there's enough there. So again, this is all about organization and systemization. And that is what I can help you with. So if you need help setting that up, just go to chatwithmc.com get on my calendar and we can try to pull all of these pieces together for you and help you move forward. Okay, um, number seven, I think we are, I don't even know what, num- what's that, what number we're on, but um, is to keep your balances low. Let's make sure that even if you have amounts of credit that are slowly building, you're not gonna have, you know, you might not have a $1,000 credit line right away. They might give you a $300 credit line. You only wanna make sure you're putting like 20 to 40 bucks on that thing right now and you want to pay that off immediately um, at least at least by the time it's due but I actually think you should pay it off even more quickly than that because they actually pull your report more often than just the due date so you want to make sure that if you if you put 50 bucks on that card and in five days you've got 50 bucks go ahead and pay that card off and that way you're keeping your balances low. I mentioned that some people really suggest you keep everything under 30%. Uh, If you are really trying to be conservative, I would keep it under 10%. And again, this is not just about being able to pay your full balance off at once. It actually, especially when we're talking about coming out of a bankruptcy, they're actually wanting you to not charge a whole lot to begin with. So if you've got a $300 balance, don't charge $299 on that, thinking that you can just go ahead and pay that at the end of the month. Because the credit card issuer could report your credit card balance at any time during the month. So you'll want to make sure that your total balance is never more than the 30%. And again, if you're looking at um, being more conservative, I would stay under 10%. So, um, And then finally, um, 
I want you to apply for new credit sparingly and then take it slow. If you are asking for too many credit um, offers, I guess, and you're especially if you're getting turned down, then lenders are going to look at that as kind of a negative thing. Go, okay, maybe there's a reason they're getting turned down. So try to ask for that sparingly. Um, you know, focus on paying off existing debts instead, and then try again in six months or so. When I say take it slow, I mean unfortunately it could take a few years to really start to build up your credit score. But you didn't get to bankruptcy overnight, and you're not going to be able to kind of recover from that overnight either. Just know that if you are slow and steady and intentional, it actually will be something that you can put behind you, you can move forward, and um, you can actually thrive on the other side of that. So um, I hope that this has been helpful for you. Please feel free to pass this along to any friends or family members who you think could also use this. And again, feel free to go to chatwithmc.com. We will chat about this. I mentioned on the last episode, and I'll say it here again, that if you would like to chat about this specifically, just go ahead and schedule a free icebreaker session. It's not typically what we talk about, but when you let me know, hey, I'm actually just mostly interested in talking about the whole credit repair thing, let me know that, and we'll make sure that we focus that on um, on you and on that topic. So again, you guys are amazing. I appreciate you tuning in today. Have a great day. Bye-bye.